The bell has rung. Welcome to another edition of In Ring Reality right here live on my YouTube and Facebook pages for the show. I, of course, am your host, Josh Rosowskis. It's an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every time I come on the air, to have all of you join me, whether you join me via live video or you join me via the audio pod cast experience. I appreciate each and every one of you. This is the episode of the week that used to be on Saturdays where I'm going to talk about the news of the week. And if a guest happens to join me on the show, which yes, there are still guests on this show. I know the last few editions, I haven't been able to have anyone join me, but it's just a matter of when I'm able to stream for all of you and when people who I like to talk with are able to stream with me. And sometimes that doesn't always work out. So hopefully we'll have guests on as often as possible on this show, but I can guarantee you I'm going to stick my commitment to make this show a regular thing. So look forward to that. But as I was saying, this is the show that used to be on Saturdays, but is now on Fridays because we are reviewing each and every TV show from WWE and AEW individually so that we don't have so much to digest and so much to talk about about on this show that this show gets less time and feels rushed. And quite frankly, not only is it a way to grow and be more successful and reach more people for me, but it's also a way of me not having as much to remember. I'm a one-man show. Even when I have guests on the program, I'm a one-man show in terms of it's my responsibility to remember these things in my wrestling fan brain. So I hope that clears up any confusion for those of you who only I've been tuning in at the end of the week, and then you're like, well, wait, this is Friday. This isn't Saturday. What's going on? Well, you missed a bunch of individual review shows from this week, so make sure you go and check those out. Also, before I get into the news, I just realized that I had some mishaps earlier with house noise that I had to push the broadcast back a few minutes. And in the process of doing that, I forgot to move my table with all of my things that I use to function in my daily life out of the shot. So I do apologize if that at all is distracting to any of you. I do apologize for that. Normally it's not in the shot, but I'm not going to end the live broadcast or go away from the live broadcast and disrupt the flow of this show for audio listeners just to move it out. So bear with me today, and from here on out, we will remember to move that out of the screen. So let's get in to the news, because surprisingly, for it being a week that seemed like it was filled with mourning still, for Shag Gaspard and Hannah Kimura, there has been a lot that has went on. I, as usual, get all of my news from my friends at WrestleTalk.com. I am looking to get a Fightful 
select subscription starting next month. So hopefully I'll have more direct contact from that as well. But WrestleTalk gets credit for all these news stories that I am reading. And they, of course, in turn, give credit to wherever they got it from, unless it's an exclusive from them, which the second story we're talking about today will be. So, first up, in what was somewhat of a surprising news story to me, but also not a surprising news story to me, was Samoa Joe's WWE future has been revealed. We all know that Joe unfortunately suffered the most needless concussion ever. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, Josh, all concussions are needless. And that is true, my friends. They all are very, very needless indeed. But when a concussion is suffered from a TV commercial, which is barely used, which was the case with Samoa Joe and that pretty bad, in my opinion anyway, Monday night must be Monday spot. There's a spot with him taking a move into the barricade where he bumps his head. That's where he got the concussion from. And that's why he's been out this entire time. Well, now it looks like that concussion may have been the end of his in career. Now, if that's the case, why did I say this isn't surprising to me? Well, it's because I've been one of those people that have been watching Joe for darn close to 20 years now. He has had a very, very long career. For those of you who only watch WWE, you may not be aware of it, but he has had a very, very long in-ring career. He has had extensive work on the indies, made his name in ROH against CM Punk, one of the greatest series and feuds of all time. He then, of course, spent many, many years in TNA when it was still TNA and not Impact Wrestling before making his way to NXT and then Raw and SmackDown for WWE. So I am not surprised that one more concussion may be all that Joe's body can take. So what we're hearing now is that the plans are for Samoa Joe to be the permanent replacement for Jerry the King Lawler on commentary. And if a situation arises where they need some kind of enforcer role in the announcer's booth, someone to protect the announcers, someone to stand up against the heel, that will be Joe's role going forward. The key here is that WWE has not ruled out a potential in-ring return somewhere down the road for Joe. They are just hedging their bets and making sure that Joe is comfortable and still has a working relationship within the company and still has a career to speak of. So in that regard, I am not at all upset by this. I am upset because I don't want Samoa Joe's career to be over as an in-ring wrestler. And I think he has so much more still left in his tank as a performer. Just go watch his NXT run if you don't believe me on that. 
However, I would much rather Joe play it safe because the brain is not anything to mess with. And you want to be healthy. You want to be there for your family. And you want to know that you're going to live as long as you can live, particularly in this current state of the world that we're in. So from that standpoint, if this is what Jamoa Joe needs to do in order to maintain a career, and this is what WWE is realizing that they have a tremendous talent in Joe that they can still utilize in this way because he is phenomenal on commentary, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But as always, chime in in the comment section, which I read out at the end of the show, for those of you that are here live, or chime in via social media and the email address after the show to let me know what you think about this situation. Staying within the realm of the announced team, it appears that the reason that Nigel McGuinness has not been heard or seen from in quite some time on NXT broadcast is that unfortunately he was one of the people furloughed during the recent Black Wednesday let goes. Remember that we reported way back when that happened that names were still coming out and we did not know everyone that had been released yet and the more time that passed, the more sources were going to leak out and say, this is what happened, this is who's been released. And apparently Nigel McGinnis was on the list of those names furloughed. Now, furloughed is supposed to mean that you still have a job. And when the circumstances that caused you to be let go from your job, in this case, the pandemic that we're in lifts, you are going to be able to come back to work with full pay. That's what furlough is supposed to mean. However, we have seen a case where slowly but surely a few of the names that were on the furlough list are now reportedly on the release list as well. We don't know who any of those names are, but that is what we here in the wrestling community are hearing. So my immediate thoughts on this is, other than Samoa Joe, Nigel McGinnis is your best commentator in WWE, period, because he can do play-by-play and he can do analyzation, much like Mauro Ronaldo does both. But the thing that Nigel McGinnis does is he brings that knowledge of being a wrestler with him and he knows how to turn it on and turn it off. He knows how to play heel. He knows how to play a face. Whatever the situation requires, Nigel McGinnis is great at doing it. And he's just a great individual. I had the privilege of meeting him, ironically, the last time that I went to a WWE SmackDown house show because back then, or sorry, WWE SmackDown live taping slash broadcast because back then he was part of the 205 Live broadcast team as well and 205 Live was recorded for the network directly following SmackDown and that 
period in time. So I had a chance to run in him at the elevator. And my gosh, was he everything that you hoped he would be. And just the nicest, sweetest, most down-to-earth guy you'd ever want to meet. So I hate this happening to such a talented individual. And my only hope is that they simply did this because they were having to do some cutbacks and some furloughs. And they thought, well, Nigel's home base is the UK. The UK is under complete lockdown. So we can't utilize talents from the UK anyway. Nigel's probably going to want to be with his family. So Nigel seems like a logical choice for us to put in this situation, but we will bring him back. That is my biggest hope, and I hope that this doesn't turn into a fully released situation from WWE, because if it does, that is a huge, huge mistake. Now, moving on into... What could be considered spoiler territory? I had a viewer who wishes to remain anonymous, so I'll respect your wishes. But I had a viewer slash listener who pointed out to me that perhaps I didn't handle when I was talking about this during the NXT review the way that I should have. So we're getting into what could be potential spoiler territory. So if you don't want any spoilers about possible future plans, for WWE programming. I'm going to go in the spoilers right now. I'm going to count backwards from three. And then when the spoiler talk is over, I will raise my hand up and give my camera a wave so that you know it's safe for you to return. So here we go. In three, two, one. It is being reported that a call-up slash move is imminent for one Matt Riddle, as Matt Riddle reportedly wrestled his final match in NXT in that cage pit fight match with Timothy Thatcher on NXT, and that a move to Friday Night SmackDown could happen as early as this. Friday's show, tonight's show, whether that be him being featured on the show or them doing a video package to promote him making his way to SmackDown. This is reportedly due to the fact that plans have been in place for a move for Riddle for quite some time and that Bruce Pritchard directly requested him and it's believed that until they can convince Brock Lesnar that it's a good idea to maybe do a feud down the road because of Riddle's comments calling out Brock Lesnar and Brock Lesnar not being happy with that in the past, that they also want to have Brock Lesnar and Matt Riddle on separate WWE brands. I'm a big fan of this because I feel like Riddle has done everything he can do in NXT. I don't think that he necessarily needs to win that NXT title. And he brings something different to the audience of SmackDown. So I'm all for this move. And we'll have to wait and see where this goes. Continuing on potential spoiler territory. WrestleTalk in an exclusive. So unlike 
And the other news stories that I mentioned at the start of this broadcast, this is an exclusive from them. They are exclusively reporting that more moves are imminent, beginning with Dominic Dijakovic. Dijakovic is expected to move away from the NXT brand very, very soon, although his brand, be that Raw or SmackDown, is not yet known. So... We'll have to wait and see how that goes down. But again, Dominic Dijakovic is the kind of guy Vince likes. He can do all kinds of athletic things. He's basically another version of Joe. And since we don't have Joe in the ring, and since their plans with Keith Lee and NXT are not finished, Dominic Dijakovic fits that bill perfectly. So I'm pretty much okay with him being moved up, and I've loved his work ever since he was a member of the indie scene as Donovan Dijak, so I'm okay with this move as well. I think it's very, very smart. All right, moving on into contract news. It is being reported that Drew Gulak may be back with WWE. We mentioned earlier when he had his contract expire that the feeling was that he didn't want to leave WWE. The feeling was WWE didn't want him to leave and negotiations were continuing between the two. So here we go with the latest news on that. And I quote, more and more details have come out regarding Drew Gulak over the last few weeks. Now we have some new details on his new contract with WWE. After his SmackDown match with Daniel Bryan, it was reported that Gulak's WWE contract had expired, which means that he could have left. The next report said that Gulak was negotiating a new deal with WWE. Then came the reports that he had re-signed. Now, it is being reported that Gulak's new contract is a multi-year deal. WWE has been signing many of their talents to keep them from going to AEW. This was a no-brainer decision from the higher-ups in WWE as both Gulak and WWE were happy with his current work rate and position within the company. So this is very, very good news. Gulak is still part of WWE, and Gulak could be seen, for all we know, as early as tonight's SmackDown once again. So I am very, very happy about this news, and I think it's a great thing for Gulak. It's a great decision by WWE, and just a win-win for everybody involved. And finally, in the news that I wanted to talk about today, because it directly relates to something we speculated on, well, now we can confirm that it was indeed the case. There was no injury to Mark Quinn of AEW's private party this past week on Dynamite, as it was all indeed a work to get Matt Hardy out of the ring for the subsequent beatdown and arrival segment that happened 
with the Butcher and the Blade attacking the Young Bucks to have FTR make their AEW debut. I said that I hoped this would be the case. Others within the community said they hoped this would be the case. Most notably, Ollie Davis of Wrestle Talk as well. And we can now report that that is indeed the truth. So that is very, very good news. The last thing we need right now is more injuries in pro wrestling. And this was just a genius, genius job by those involved in the match to keep this debut a surprise. Which leads me into talking a little bit more about it. Because for me, it was my biggest takeaway of the week was... The debut of FTR in AEW. I said it during the AEW Dynamite review. This has been something that has been coming. Many have felt since AEW became a thing. The Revival had been unhappy in WWE for a very, very long time. They wanted to face the Young Bucks for a very, very long time. So the way they were brought in. And the way they were utilized and the way AEW winked at us as an audience and said, yes, this feud that we all want, it's coming. We're not going to burst our cherry right now. We're not going to give it to you right away, but it is coming. It is happening. So I am a big fan of everything the way they did it with this. And I think it is by far the coolest thing to happen on television this week. I also mentioned how crazy I thought Stadium Stampede was for AEW at Double or Nothing. And if you're going to watch one match from Double or Nothing, that should be the match. I loved everything about it. It was cinematic, but also not cinematic. I just thought it was really, really well done. Then on Raw, of course, we had a new United States champion. That's how crazy this week in wrestling was that the new United States champion, Apollo Crews, was not the craziest thing that happened on our TV screens this week. But we do have a new U.S. champion in the form of Apollo Crews. And apparently Vince McMahon is now ready to give Apollo Crews, that second chance that we've all wanted him to have for so very, very long. And this push will be sustained with Apollo. So it's all very, very, very good news there. And then, as we've already mentioned, the big potential takeaway from NXT this week. So not going to repeat it there. But I thought as far as the match goes between Thatcher and Riddle, the final match on the card, I thought that it was so unique and so well done and something I'll remember for quite some time on my screens. And of course, as I mentioned during the review as well, Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux just continue to do tremendous, tremendous work. So that's going to do it for what I had on my docket today to talk with all of you about so let me head over and click in my comments section here in the StreamYard studio to see if we have any live comments coming in and we do not we have some interaction but we as far as what I can see from likes on Facebook and YouTube 
but we don't have any actual questions coming in, so I'll go ahead and wrap it up here. So as always, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can find us online everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, at InRingReality. You can email the show at InRingReality at gmail.com. If you have any questions for the show, any suggestions for topics, if you would like to be a guest on the show and would like to get to know me, if I don't know you, you can also utilize the platforms for that as I'm always looking to have new and fresh faces here on the program whenever possible. And of course, if you want to follow me personally on social media, it's at Josh Rosowskis everywhere except for Facebook. As my personal public profile there is at Josh Rosowskis YT. And then of course, if you're a big fan of the man, Becky Lynch, the mom, Becky Lynch herself, you can check out my dedicated Instagram fan page for her at at Deadly Becky Lynch is the goat. And as I always like to say, life is only as good as what you choose to make it to be. So make the choice to go out and do something great today.